This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. We got something for our Hamilton listeners. This is exciting. And it could make you some extra cash. Yeah. As well, get you some exposure. If you're looking to build your brand (laughs) and have a little side hustle, how about this open casting call they got going on in the Hammer? Yeah, it's a little vague here. It's a little mysterious. But what we know, there is a major TV network looking for two people. They're looking for duos. So they're looking for multiple people, but they want teams of two to be featured in a new baking show. Ooh, baking shows are so hot right now, Jim. Literally. The oven. Right out of the oven. Uh Uh-huh. Do you watch the baking shows? Do you and Sarah get into those? Never. I think she's watched, um, what's the one where it's like, MasterChef Canada is, I think that's the big one where they're all like on the floor together cooking. I do like the one where they screw it up. <laughs> What's it's on Netflix? The nailed it. It's called. Oh, where they clearly don't. They find people who have not enough experience, and they don't give them enough time to complete a recipe <laughs> because they want them to screw it up on purpose. Of course, of course. That one's kind of fun. So what's what's the catch? There's got to be a hook with this. The catch is they're looking for duos who have been estranged or had a falling out. So this will be their reuniting, you know, maybe mend some fences. They are looking for a relationship uh, that you regret losing, uh, a best friend you stop speaking to, uh, disconnected from a sibling, a pal or an ex you would like to reconnect with, a once close coworker or neighbor you wish you hadn't become distant. So people who've had a falling out, they want this mm. to be your like uh, couples therapy to get back together, basically. Okay, so mending fences and strengthening bonds through baking. The power of baking. And... They will pay each individual $400 as an honorarium. So you you get to be on the show. You get 400 bucks. A lot of these reality shows, you just you get the opportunity to be on the show. And you get to be famous. Well, there's got to be a prize too, right? Yeah, I think if you win the whole thing, I'm assuming there's a monetary prize. Or is the prize your relationship is, is fulfilled? I'll pass on that. I want <laughs> you money. want a million bucks. I want money and I don't want to... Split it with my estranged <laughs> sister. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Oh, they build the relationship back together, and then the final competition is like a head-to-head, one winner takes all, <laughs> and they tear your relationship apart again. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they repair everything, and then mm. in one foul swoop, only one of you gets the money. <laughs> I've always hated you. <laughs> right back to zero. <laughs> uh, you got like five days to audition, by the way. If people want to get in, we'll post the details on the Taz and Jim Facebook page, but an open casting call. If you've got a a relationship that you don't really want to repair, but you'd consider doing it for $400, <laughs> all the details will be on our Facebook page. Spin Doctors with Two Princes. I'm, I'm trying to think. Is that song in the new Pam and Tommy TV series? Because it's around the same time? Or? Well, yeah. It's like new, primo 90s nostalgia. <laughs> and I was telling you the other day, like 90s are, that was that was my peak, the 90s. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I have not seen the 90s recreated as well in film or on television as in this Pam and Tommy documentary. Huh. 
What makes is there anything that stands out? Because well, they just nail you. Know, it's like the seventies stuff. You see seventies um, movies and TV shows that are supposed to take place in the seventies, and you're like, they didn't. Their hair didn't look that nice in the seventies, <laughs> you know. And sometimes in the eighties, it's like too many eighties things. It's like the kid has a Pac Man hat, a Rubik's cube, and you know, yeah, they go something. too far with yeah. it. Yeah, but they got a nice balance. Like they have ridiculous uh, hairstyles. They have the clothing. The clothing all fits, and the music especially. They've got a lot of 90s one-hit wonder songs on the soundtrack to uh, to Pam and Tommy that I had forgotten about. I'm not sure if Spin Doctors is in there, but maybe it's coming up on a future episode. <laughs> maybe uh, Tommy Lee and his penis will do a duet to that one. The Two Princes. <laughs> There's the Little Prince. <laughs> And well, actually, there's the big prince and the bigger prince <laughs> when it comes to Tommy Lee. Uh, speaking of 90s nostalgia, he was everywhere on TV in the 90s America's Funniest Home Videos, Full House, Bob Saget. We all know that Bob Saget was found dead in a hotel room last month at age 65. Uh, we didn't know exactly what the cause of death was. There was a lot of speculation that it was cardiovascular related, that it was a heart attack. Uh, some people were trying to say, oh, you got the vaccine. It was a vaccine. Well, we now know, according to Bob Saget's family, what the cause of death was. And this is a bit of a shock. He apparently died of head trauma. He hmm. accidentally hit his head at some point. And then he went to sleep, thought he was fine, and he died in his sleep. No drugs or alcohol were involved in his death. Hmm. Well, that is the thing. I wonder if he like slipped in the shower after the show or something. Because that is the thing. When you get a concussion, you a lot of times you get sleepy, and they're like, "Don't yeah. go to sleep. Do yeah, not keep go your to eyes sleep. open. Stay yeah, with yeah, us. Yeah. Stay with us." Uh, but uh, head trauma was the cause of death. Bob's family says, as we continue to mourn together, we ask everyone to remember the love and laughter that Bob brought to this world and the lessons he taught us all. Jim, you found the story. It's true. Brad Marchand. <laughs> uh, he slapped a puck uh, out of the hands of a child at a hockey game the other day. Out of the child's hand? Well, you're, you've got the story there. Isn't well, that what you just said? Well, he the the the, the goalie had it and was going to chalk it over the glass, you know, and there's a kid behind the glass in the front the row. The opposing team's goalie. Yes. And then so he goes to throw it, and then, like, before his arm goes up, he knocks it out of his hand, and it falls to the ice, and then the goalie's like, what are you doing, man? So the kid didn't get the puck. Maybe after the game, maybe they tracked him down, but in that moment... You know, Marshawn's such a... I mean, I know his role is to get under people's skin, so, you know, you can only blame him so much, but come on. He was starting to win me over because I saw another thing that went viral. Uh, it, it was a Bruins game, and there was a kid cheering as Marshawn was coming off the ice, and Marshawn took his cell phone from the kid. He took the phone that the kid had because he was filming a video as the players were coming off, and he looked into the camera, and he recorded a little personal message for the kid like, hey, it's Brad. I hope you're doing well. And he got the phone back to the kid, so then that fan had this personal message from Brad Marshawn on his phone. I thought that... That was super cool, and I, w I started thinking to myself, maybe he's not such a bad guy. Maybe he's getting he's getting a bad rap. Yeah, that was probably that was probably him trying to help his PR situation. That move, I bet you, deep inside, he wanted to take that cell phone and chuck it under the zamboni that was cleaning up the ice <laughs> at that moment.
<laughs> the kid was a Bruins fan. Why he would did, he do that? I, it's Marshawn. He does what he does. <laughs> did you see that Friends was named the best sitcom of all time, Jim? What, who? No. You don't agree with that? No. What's the best sitcom of, sitcom of all time then? I would say, hmm, I would say Seinfeld or It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Seinfeld was number two, Always Sunny, not in the top ten. Huh. I don't know if, I don't know if It's Always Sunny is a sitcom. I, you know, I guess I consider sitcom a live studio audience when it comes down to it. Well, hold on. This is just TV shows because Game of Thrones isn't a sitcom and it's number three. So Friends is just the best show of all time? Friends number one, Seinfeld, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> <laughs> is there a couple uh, shows that are more polar opposites than Game of Thrones and Three's Company? <laughs> <laughs> Number four is Three's Company. Come Fra- on, knock on Hodor. Kind of works. <laughs> That's good. Frasier is number five. <laughs> you know, not again, not a bad show, but of all time, The Office, Mash, Battlestar Galactica, The Simpsons, and The Wire. Breaking Bad, not there. No. Okay. What what website is this from? Because I will block it on my on my Chrome. Yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't trust it. I'm not sure who did the research on this one, but it does sound like it's a little off. Friends do like Friends. A lot of people hate Friends. It's a good show, but I I don't think it's the best. I understand the appeal. Yeah, like it, it was good when it was on. I know my wife absolutely loves the show. She'd probably put it at the top of her list. Oh yeah, my fiance as well. I disagree, but I like. Uh, Will Forte, man. I talked about this over and over again. You're going to put MacGruber at the top I'd of the list? I make a strong case for the new MacGruber show. And, but Last Man on Earth, if you haven't watched it, you got to get into that show. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's so good. So you, you're going with Seinfeld. Greatest show of all time. I got to go Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is a great show. It really, I think it set the bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little overrated because people constantly talk about it, but I can't think of a TV show I enjoyed start to finish as much as that. Yesterday, we had uh, Ryan Pope on the air. He is a Bengals super fan. He's been waiting for this his entire life to see the Bengals play in the Super Bowl. Problem is, his wife is due to give birth next week, so she may go into labor on Sunday. <laughs> He's pretty stressed out about that. Uh, he, he sent us a thank you. We had him on the air yesterday. He sent us a thank you on behalf of the Bengals Den, his his group of uh, Cincinnati fans that he uh, he bonds with over the game. And he also sent this audio, Jim. He said he thinks Taz and Jim listeners will get a kick out of this. Damn. Season underway. Jay. Hoping for a brighter day. Bangle fever everywhere. Jay. Don't you feel it in the air? <laughs> feel it in the air. Jay. <laughs> so show me victory. Orange and black is what we bleed. Bangle fans, we cheer our team. You get the point. <laughs> they're, they're really leaning heavy into this who day. <laughs> That's the first I've heard of it. I, yeah, this is the, the Bengals chant 
is who day. Apparently, if you go to a game, you're walking around, everyone's shouting who day at each other. And it comes from this fight song we learned yesterday. It is funny. You pointed out, Jim, uh, lots of teams beat the Bengals. <laughs> they won two games last season, or maybe two A couple seasons, seasons ago. ago. Yeah, lots of teams have beat the Bengals. So the fact that that has been their fight song the entire time is quite ironic. Who they think gonna beat them Bengals? <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> you gotta stick to your guns, right? Uh, well, the prophecy may come true. Who day? Who they think gonna beat them Bengals? Not the Rams, if you ask Bengals fans out there. Uh, we've got an apology that we need to get on the air here. Jim, you've been corresponding with one of our listeners. They sent you a message, kind of wanted to know our opinion on something. Like, what should they do? Because they're in a very strange situation. What's going on? Yeah, so the text came in around 7.15 this morning. I don't understand our police. My neighbor attacks me with a machete and he isn't arrested or doesn't have the machete taken away? Intrigued, I respond, wait, what? So he gets a little more into the story here. He says, my neighbor controls the radiator for both of our, uh, for both of our apartments. Bad idea off the top. Yeah, that's always a tough situation to be in. Somebody's yeah. got control over the climate in your space. That's that's not good. I understand it could be very frustrating. Sure, especially when your neighbor gets drunk. And turns off the radiator, which is what happens here. My neighbor controls the radiator and he gets drunk and he turned off my radiator to my place. I banged on the wall saying, turn the heat back on. And next thing I know, he's kicking on my door uh, and I was holding the door back and something told me to back away from the door. Sure enough, the machete comes under the door and he's swinging it back and forth trying to get his Achilles tendon or something like that. Uh, so yeah, luckily this guy backed away. So, so the, na- the drunk neighbor has a machete. He turned off the radiator. Once the other neighbor complained, he came at him with a machete. That's terrible. And what? Did, how did you respond to that? Well, Hopefully I with him a, compassion. I sent, a, I sent him a cinematic poster of the movie Machete with Danny Trejo. I said, this the guy? And then he replied, would you think it's funny if it's you or your family being attacked by a machete and the cops didn't do anything? And then I realized, yeah, it's probably not that funny. But it is a wild visual. And when you text the Taz and Jim line, we could try to keep things light. So anyway, I texted back and said, sorry, man, didn't mean to dismiss your concerns. Just trying to keep things light on the old text line. I am shocked. Don't make excuses. An apology with an excuse is not an apology. It's not an excuse. It's a reason. Okay. You you realize that the machete movie poster was not in good taste. Yeah, but the majority of time people do text us with uh, serious concerns. A jo- we joke back and forth to lighten the mood, and then I am sure makes him feel better in the morning. I was hoping this guy would have a sense of humor about it. He doesn't, He's understandably. Not yeah. Uh, and then he said, "Yeah, the cops in Toronto would have taken the the machete away. Uh, these cops did nothing, which is weird. I don't like machetes. Not a, not a big fan. Like, why do you need one unless you're you're trying to forge a path through the jungle <laughs> to get to some ancient ruins or something like yeah. that? Like, do you really need to have a machete in your home? No." Unless you, unless you uh, are a coconut water fan and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what's a machete for? Perhaps right? a cruise line juggler. If, if you have a machete, you're one of those three. 
I would be concerned too if my I knew my neighbor one had control of my thermostat and now I know too he's got a machete. Like how can you ever complain about the heat again? <laughs> it's true, you can't. No, you can't. I don't know I don't I, I don't know what to do. Maybe I'd call the police again, the non-emergency line and just see if there's someone you can talk to about the situation. That's that's the advice I'd give. Yeah, or you know, get that on camera. I hate to be the guy who says always pull out your camera like it's your responsibility, but I mean, you have to have definitive proof. Sometimes it's your word against his, right? Yeah. But that's horror movie stuff. You're trying oh, yeah. to block the door and there's a machete coming through it? Literally Friday the 13th. Exactly. So, Jim, you're sorry. Anything else? Cops, step it up. Step it up, cops. Get those machetes out of the hands of crazy neighbors. Did Mick Jagger get arrested in Florida for getting hammered and climbing on stage during a live show, trying to interrupt what was going on up there? The answer is no. But a guy who really wishes he was Mick Jagger got arrested for doing that. 59-year-old in Naples, Florida. His name's Eugene Bingham. He uh, had a couple too many. He climbed up on stage at this bar called Yabba's in Naples, Florida. Started yelling at people in the restaurant, challenging people to fights. Uh, <laughs> the cops were, were called. They found him in a nearby park. He was charged. Uh, he threatened the cops. Finished the night by barfing in the back of a cop car facing charges of disorderly intoxication, which is a misdemeanor. Also, a battery on an officer, which is a felony. That's not good. Oh, boy. Mick wouldn't do that. Mick would never do that. So the question is, does this guy look like Mick Jagger? Well, I've got his mugshot pulled up here. Oh, yeah? And he kind of does. Really? He's got the hair. (laughs) He's got the hair. He's got the leathery. Mm. He's got the leathery skin. Yeah, he's kind of got like the creases in his face, and he's like a, he's like if Mick Jagger and Keith Richards had a kid. Good call, you know. Yeah, and I then bet you he felt like Mick Jagger that night, and then Keith Richards in the morning. And then he had Tom Selleck donate his mustache to the cause because <laughs> he does have a big old stash on his face. <laughs> I do love when people they're told once that they kind of look like a celebrity, and then they make it their full identity. <laughs> yeah, they start growing their hair out or whatever it is. Kind of totally. like you when you went through your Owen Wilson phase in college, Jim. What are you talking about? <laughs> when you had the uh, the Hansel hair? That was just, I couldn't afford a haircut. Okay. For real. I didn't break my nose on purpose to look like Owen Wilson, by the way. There was a guy I used to see uh, out and about at bars, and it was obvious that he was st- styling his look after Rod Stewart. <laughs> When was this? This was the 2000s? No, it was, yeah, it was after the year 2000. Holy, hanging in there. But obviously at some point someone said, hey, you kind of look like Rod Stewart. And then he got the haircut and he kept, and and you'll go up and you say, hey, you kind of look like Rod Stewart. And they'll be annoyed. They'll be like, oh God, I hear that all the time. Yeah. It's like, okay, buddy, if you didn't want to look like Rod Stewart, there's plenty of hair styling options you could go with. (laughs) As opposed to what you're doing right now. Yeah, the puffy mullet is a very specific look. You know what? I see all that a lot with like Zach Galifianakis lookalikes. 
Oh, the bigger, after the, the hangover came out, there was a lot of bigger dudes who embraced their beards, started wearing aviator sunglasses 100%, all the time. 100%. It looks like, you know, the in a, in a movie where you go up, you're like, you think it's somebody and then you tap them on the shoulder and they turn around and it's the wrong person. It's like Bizarro Mick Jagger. <laughs> yeah, that's this guy. We'll post his, uh, his mugshot if you want to compare him to the original on the Taz and Jim Facebook page. This is incredible. Um, so a 60-year-old guy uh, got a job as a security guard working in an art museum in Russia. There was no one around. He was bored, and he decided to pass time by improving one of the museum's paintings. Oh, no. There's a painting called Three Figures, and it's insured for a million dollars. Okay, it's it's just basically three. It looks like three people with blank faces, no face facial features at all, like just heads. Okay, but you can see it's shapes, but you can tell it's supposed to be three people. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. You described it perfectly. No faces. Uh-huh. Um, so he got a ballpoint pen out and drew eyes on all of the heads. <laughs> at them and the eyes are just circles about yeah. the size of a dime. Yeah, he just... He, he, he thought they needed eyes. You know what? I agree with them. It kind of looks better. Honestly. Holy, that is funny. He did uh, this back in December. Uh, visitors at the museum eventually noticed it. And <laughs> after an investigation, they realized it was the security guard. He has been fired. Don't know if he's facing charges or anything, but this is Russia, so maybe he just disappeared. <laughs> it's just so funny. He's just sitting there, and it, I wonder how long it was bothering him for. <laughs> like, God, like he had OCD or something. He's like, I, I got to fix this. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, I, I would prefer no eyes because I don't want the painting staring back at me. Right, yeah. If overnight, you're there. If you're by yourself in the museum, you don't need to be no. stared at. You've seen Scooby-Doo. Those yeah. eyes start moving on the paintings. Oh, yeah, following they follow you. Around. you. <laughs> uh, the good news is there's some art restorers who say that the damage is reversible. <laughs> And it should only cost a couple thousand dollars to fix it. Million dollar painting with the eyes on him. It, it's not. It's not as funny as the the woman who tried to um, put the face back on Jesus. Oh, that it was just the most amazing moment. And it ended up looking like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> but this is up there. They should have a museum that is just these paintings who were, that were ruined. Yeah, the the museum of bad restoration, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> this, I never would have heard of about this painting if this guy didn't draw eyes on totally. them. Totally toss the right? Christian Ronaldo statue in there too. All these bad <laughs> art pieces. That would be a destination for sure. <laughs> Time for sports, talking NHL hockey with our sports guy, Devin Peacock. The Habs have fired their coach, Dev. Dominic Ducharme is out. He, <laughs> he's had uh, one heck of a year. Uh, you know, he... <laughs> 
uh, if you go back to February 24th of 2021, or February 23rd, let's do that instead. He was the assistant coach with the Montreal Canadiens. They were struggling. Claude Julien was the head coach. They decide to make a change. So on February 24th, he was promoted to acting interim head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. But then the team gets hot. They make the playoffs. They go all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, during which he gets COVID, has to miss some of the playoffs because of COVID, leads the Habs to their first Stanley Cup final in 28 years. They didn't win, of course. Got a three-year extension in July, was made the permanent head coach. Then this year, they get off to a terrible start. His GM gets fired, and yesterday, he himself was fired. All of that happened in 350 days. Wow. How do you say what have you done for me lately in French? <laughs> it has been a wild year for Montreal. I mean, even Carey Price was in rehab. What happened last season? That That's the documentary I want to see. The fire burned hot, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, boy, oh boy. <laughs> it shows that last year was really a, a fluke. Like Everyone thought going into the series between Toronto and Montreal, well, Toronto's going to mop the floor with these guys just because... Uh, Toronto had a way better regular season, but Carey Price, if you go back to the end of the regular season last year, was starting to get better. And Carey Price, when he is on top of his game, he's one of the best players in the NHL period. I mean, he's shown that time and time again. And so it was Carey Price who covered up a lot of the issues with the Canadians. He's not here this year, and we've seen what happens when he's not there. Brad Marchand has been suspended. Tell us what's going on with this situation. So this is his second suspension of the season. He was suspended six games for roughing and high-sticking the goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So on Tuesday, after he was stopped by uh, Tristan Yari, he punched Yari in the head and then afterwards slammed his stick into his goalie mask as the uh, scrum broke out. Uh, Yari's okay, but that could have gone dangerous real fast. Earlier this year, he was suspended three games uh, for slew-footing someone. It's the eighth suspension of his career. So the fact that he only got six games this time around is actually pretty lucky. Did you guys hear the story about that goalie was going to toss a puck over the boards to a young fan and then Marshawn hit it out of his hand so that the kid couldn't get the puck? Or did I dream that? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happened two days ago. And I was like, God, Brad, what are you doing? You, you know what's crazy? If the NHL players had gone to the Olympics, we'd all be cheering for Brad Marchand know, right now eh? with Team Canada. <laughs> Never but trust instead, a rat. Instead, he stayed home, and he's he's just amping up the villain. He's been a villain for, for licking other people. Now he's getting licked himself. <laughs> if your best friend with benefits has become a best friend with no benefits, then maybe it's time that you consider getting a divorce. still best friends with them you can make it work couples counseling spice things up open relationship join the swingers club <laughs> yeah whatever if you can find that solution great but there's a lot of people here we're seeing because of these entries we've been receiving for the past couple weeks with taz and jim's win a divorce contest there are a ton of people ready to move on and we're trying to help that happen with uh, legal fees from Millar's Law. They'll cover some of your legal fees towards your divorce, possibly all of your legal fees, and city center storage. 
could hook you up with a storage locker so you can get your stuff gone as you plan your next step. Um, I think these are these are short ones, so maybe we'll do two contestants okay. today. A couple of stories. Yeah, some of these entries like multiple paragraphs long go into great detail about when something went wrong what went wrong what they could have done to fix it what they could have done why they didn't Mm -hmm. do anything and why they've come to the point they're at with uh, a divorce but other entries are like this one from Waterdown, Ontario she hates my guitars and band practices get rid of her (laughs) (laughs) that's it (laughs) why do you need a divorce she hates my guitars and band practices. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I always believe in compromise. Maybe there's another place where you could practice with your band. But come on, she's got to support your hobbies. Well, you, who knows if he's practicing at home. It could be the noise. It could be that he's going to band practice too yep. much. And yep. He's not giving her enough, her or her instruments enough attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's, there's one short entry. <laughs> Just right to the point. She hates my guitars and band practices. And the other one we got for you today is from Guelph, Ontario. Turns out he's gay. So, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Tough to counsel your way out of that one. Oh, boy. Both good reasons. This is the first uh, male who switched teams. We've had a couple ladies uh, who switched teams on their men. Last year, there was the guy who, who went for the threesome and the, the two women in the threesome ended up getting together. And <laughs> Turns out it was a pretty good threesome. <laughs> well, it, he never got to be involved. Oh, that's right. They cut him out of the back. deal. They cut I him out of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out he's gay, so yeah, that's a problem. You're in there, too. You could win a divorce, <laughs> courtesy of Taz and Jim. We'll have more stories around this time tomorrow morning. Uh, COVID rapid antigen tests now available at Ontario grocery stores and pharmacies. You can go into a, a Costco, Shoppers Drug Mart, Loblaws, Metro, Food Basics, Sobeys, Rexall, Real Canadian Superstore, Longos, Walmart, etc. And you can get yourself uh, a box of rapid tests. You get one box per household per visit. So if you want more than that, you're going to have to put on a fake mustache in the parking lot and change your clothes and go right back into the store. There will be those. Uh, did you see what Walmart was going to do though? They they put in disgusting. They put in a rule said, "Yeah, we'll give you a free COVID test, uh, but you got to spend at least $35 in the store." <sighs> Doug Ford heard that and he tweeted out, "Free means free." And in an update yesterday evening, Walmart uh, changed their mind saying that uh, they were doing it uh, not to make money, but to <laughs> prevent long lines and to offer them in a safe, efficient, and equitable manner. That's so embarrassing. After they were graced with the ability to stay open every day through this whole mess and make record profits... They still want to, you know, extract as much money from no, you as possible. Jim, they just wanted the lines to be <laughs> orderly. That's what they hate at Walmart. Uh-huh. More people going there. Yeah, yeah. So they will be uh, free at Walmart. You don't have to spend any money to get one of those rapid antigen tests. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring.